0: Good morning, good afternoon to everybody. Uh, we begin this week with uh, studying of the fifth Perik of Perkayavos. Uh, a lot of very beautiful and fascinating Mishnayos here in the fifth Perik. And I decided uh, to study with you the tenth Mishnah, Perikei Mishnah Yud. So let's read the Mishnah, it's actually not a long Mishnah, and... Uh, I think it'll uh, provide a lot of fruitful uh, learning and some interesting thoughts. So the Mishnah tells us, "Arba Midos BaAdam," there are four types uh, of people, and the context here, as will become immediately apparent, is the issue of how people relate to money, their own money, and how they relate to each other when the issue is money, something which we'll get back to in a second. But let's first just go through uh, the Mishnah and. The term that's used to describe the four types of people is midos. Arba midos, four types, I think is the way to translate it. Although we usually think of a mida as a characteristic. So actually the Mugen Avos, one of the classical commentaries on the Mishnah, actually says something very interesting. He says midos here is milashon, to be modeid, to measure. He says just like a kli midya, just like a measuring cup, each time you use it brings back the same amount. It's steady. So too says the Maginavos, I think, in a very fascinating insight, what we're describing here is consistent behavior, regular or fixed behavior, not a one-off where a person happened to be incredibly generous or happened to be incredibly stingy. That wouldn't be Midos Ba'adam. When we talk about there are four types of people, Midos Ba'adam, he says, we're talking about regular fixed patterns of behavior, just like a Midah, just like a measuring cup, each time is the same, so too, even though people are never as static as that, but nevertheless, that's where the Lashon comes from. So I think it's actually a very interesting diuk in the Lashon, but also I think is definitely pshat in the Mishnah. We're not describing individual actions as much as consistent patterns of behavior. And there are four types of people or four categories of people in terms of their patterns as it relates to money. Number one, says the Mishnah, is HaOmer Sheli Sheli V'Shalcha Shalcha what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, says the Mishnah, according to the first opinion, not too bad, not too good, it's an average approach, The says the Mishnah, another opinion says, no, that's not average at all, that's terrible, stone was known for being, not only corrupt in general, but particularly stingy, okay, so that we're going to have to understand, a very fascinating Machloket, it's the only machlokes, the only argument in the Mishnah, somebody says what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, is that average or is that actually worse than average? Okay, we'll come back to that. The second uh, category of people says the Mishnah is someone who says, What's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. Says the Mishnah, that is an Am And here we shall see there's actually an interesting Machloket uh, some say Amaretz is neutral or perhaps even slightly positive, but many mafarshim, and I think this is the approach that we'll focus on, actually see this as something that's slightly negative. What's a negative about saying, Shali, Shalcha, V'Shalcha, Shali? What's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. We'll have to uh, get into that as well. The third category is someone who says, Shali, Shalcha, V'Shalcha, Shalcha. What's mine is yours, and what's yours is yours. I'm willing to give you... I'm not going to take anything from you. So that, says the Mishnah, now we're talking about a chassid. That's not something we could require of a person. A chassid in the language of the Mishnah always means somebody who goes above and beyond. But that is a type of chassidus, a type of extra uh, extra special behavior that is admired by the Mishnah. And last but not least, says the Mishnah, is the exact opposite. Shali, shali, v'shalcha shali. Not only is what's mine, mine, what's yours is really mine. I'm not going to give you anything, I'm just going to be a taker. Take, take, take. And no surprise, says the Mishnah, that person is a Russia. Now what's interesting, and uh, predominantly we'll go with this approach in the Mishnah, although shortly we'll see a dissenting view. But most of the Mepharshim, including in the Tiferet Yisrael and others, point out that even though we're talking about money and how you use your money and you interact with other people, most of the Mepharshim say we're not talking here about tzedakah. We're not talking about tzedakah. For two reasons, according to most of and Farshim. Number one is, they assume that this mission is talking about things which are objectively rishus, volitional. How you choose to spend your money is something that's optional, but yet, even though it's gray, there's no actual right and wrong, no halachos, but nevertheless, we can make judgments about how you spend your money. So, if it would be an actual mitzvah, or a chiyuv to give or not to give. We don't need these judgments and these descriptive terms of the Mishnah. It's just right and wrong. So that's number one. Number two, they point out three mishnayos later in the same parak in Mishnah Yidgimel, The Mishnah is going to tell us arba midos bitnos There are four types of people when it comes to giving charity. So if you have an entire Mishnah that's explicitly relating to giving charity, presumably this Mishnah is not talking about tzedakah about giving charity. Rather, says the Mishnah, and this is how we have been and will continue to predominantly understand the Mishnah, we're discussing the way people relate to each other when money is involved and their attitude towards using their money to help other people. And I think this, again, you don't have to be that old or that experienced in life to realize that this is actually a really, really important topic because when you talk about people and their personalities, there's often one type of person, you know, there's that person, but once money gets involved, lots of people change. And sometimes in not trust attractive ways. Right? You can often see, right, Bacoso, bakasa, Bikiso, it's one of the ways you can really tell about a person. But very often, you really have the person in general, and then all of a sudden money gets involved, and they just get a little funny. And that's basically what most of the mafarshim say, that's what we're talking about. When money's involved, and it has to do with dealing with other people, there are different ways, different behavior patterns... And the Mishnah is making four different judgments. So with that background in mind, now let's be Ma'ayin. Let's go a little bit more in depth, one by one, in the words of the Mafarshim, how they understand each category. So let's begin with the first, which is in a certain way the most intriguing, because it's the only one in the Mishnah that's actually debated. If you recall, the first thing in the Mishnah is, what's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. And the first opinion in the Mishnah is, that's mean Beninus. What does that mean when the Mishnah says it's a mitah beninus? So the Bartanura and the Me'iri and others say we're talking about a person who doesn't want to share. What's mine is mine. I'm not a giving person. I'm not a sharing person. But I also don't want to receive your help either. I'm not going to come knocking on your door and asking you for things either. Basically, I'm honest. I, tr- I want people to respect my property and leave it alone. And I am willing in a certain sense if you have to recha, come mocha. Just the way I treat my own money, that's the way I'm going to treat your money. I'm not going to treat you any iota worse, not better, but not worse. I'll keep my money to yourself, myself, you keep your money to yourself. And says the Magen Avos, this is basically halfway in between a Chassid and a Rasha. I'm not taking from anybody, but I'm also not giving. I'm right in the middle, I'm a Benani. Nothing to, you know, be excited about. We're not necessarily going to give you Mafter Yona and Yom Kippur or anything like that, and they'll be covered, you won't be honored at the Shul dinner, but you're not an you not you're not a Russia, you're not such a terrible person either. That's the first opinion. What's so intriguing is says the Mishnah, Vyesha Omrim, zumida stone. What does that mean? Of all things, why does the Mishnah, even according to the second opinion, choose that description? And what exactly does the Mishnah mean? So the Bartanur explains that it uses this term, mirastom, because for a person to say what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, is not intrinsically evil. There's nothing inherently bad about it. I'm not taking from you. I'm not damaging your property. I'm certainly not stealing from you. I'm just not doing anything in either direction. So what's so bad about that? Sodom clearly carries a negative connotation. So the Bartanur explains that once a person gets habituated to this behavior, of in a certain sense being selfish, again, not taking from you, but not being willing to help either, just to be totally focused on oneself. So once you get habituated to this, that could easily lead, he says, to preventing people from benefiting from your property, even where there would be no loss. And this is a reference to Sodom, based on the Gemara in Masech the Sanhedrin. It's one thing if I say, I'm not going to be the guy who's donating to the shul, I'm not going to be the guy who's donating to uh, Tom Shabbos and to the local chesed funds, and I'm not going to be the first guy to lend guy money. But what about if there'd be a situation in which you have property that a person could borrow, you're not using it now, it could benefit another person, and it wouldn't hurt you whatsoever to to even in that case not help somebody, that's not simply mid-ebeninus already. Now we're talking about something that's terrible. And says the Bartanura, this second opinion in the mission is basically saying, even if you are not doing anything technically wrong when you don't want to lend money to people or use your money in the furtherance of helping other people in terms of milas chasadim and things like that, that is not great but not horrible. But the problem with that is that once you become so focused on that kind of a behavior, so that could really lead to even more inappropriate things, like not allowing people to benefit from your property, even when it would hurt you, not a whit. What's interesting is that the Bartonur sees this as something that could lead to something else that's bad. That's the issue. Not inherently so bad, but it could lead to. You habituate yourself this way, it'll get you in uh, trouble down the road. The Tiferaz Yisrael says, no, this is already bad in and of itself, because by taking such a "what's mine is mine, what's yours is in yours" attitude, you are being mevatel. Says the Tveris Yisrael, the ahava should exist ben adam lachaveru. You again, we can't give to everybody. No, we don't have enough money to give to everyone. None of us do. But if you live in a community, you live in a neighborhood, you live on a street, there should be a certain sense of chavershaft, a certain sense of communal sense of neighborliness, to be a shakhen tov, to care about your community, your neighbors, whether they're your best friends or not your best friends, that is a natural type of ava, says the Tafari Yisrael, that should exist between people. Even if I'm not damaging, I'm not the guy who's hurting anybody, I'm not stealing from anybody. But to just say, I don't care about you, but don't worry, you don't have to care about me. So you're already being mavatel by definition, already the type of avas chavero, the type of yahav that should exist among people, that should exist in a community. And therefore, it says the uh, the Tveris Yisrael, it's not only that this type of behavior could lead to other things, it's that in and of itself, it's already uh, problematic. So two different interpretations of this view in the Mishnah that says that a person who just says shali, shali, vashalcha shalcha, is not simply average, but worse than average, is midastom. Here I want to share with you a fascinating, I think fascinating, insight of Rabbeinu Yonah. I mentioned that at the outset of the She'er that most of the mafarshim, and this is predominantly how we're explaining the Mishnah, most of the mafarshim understand that this Mishnah, even though it's discussing money and using your money to help people, we're not actually talking about tzedakah, or there would be a bona fide chiv or even a mitzvah to give tzedakah, we're speaking more generally about how you relate to other people when money is involved. Some people get selfish, some people get generous, etc., as, as we have already seen and we'll continue to see. However, the lone and prominent dissenter... To that, but who argues on that is none other than Rabbeinu Yona. Rabbeinu Yonah in his commentary to our Mishnah actually understands that the Mishnah is talking about Sadaka. And because of that, Rabbeinu Yonah says, I don't understand. A person who says Shali, Shali, but Shakha, is basically saying, I'm not giving Saddaka. Don't worry, I'm not gonna ask. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not such a hypocrite. I'm not gonna give any money to the day school, but don't worry, I'm not asking for a scholarship either. I'm not asking for help. But I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask, but I'm not going to give. Says Rabbi Yonah, how could such a person be called anything but a rasha? If you hold that the mitzvah is about tzedakah, when there's an actual chiv to give tzedakah, so saying shali sheli v'shalcha shalcha is basically a way of saying, I don't give tzedakah. So says Rabbi Yonah, I understand the first opinion that holds midas dom in that case. But how could there be a debate about it? How could there be a debate that that person is, not, is only, according to one opinion, not only a meat He's basically a karav to a rasha, says So again, it's only a question, l'shitoso, because he thinks the Mishnah is talking about tzedakah. But but since he does think the Mishnah is talking about tzedakah, he asks, how could there be a debate? Now because of his question, he comes on to an amazing chiddush. And this, whether or not he's right in the pshat and the Mishnah, I think is a golden a golden yisod and a very true point. Says Rabbi Yonah, Therefore, he reinterprets the Mishnah. He says, "You know what we're talking about? Even in this first case, we're talking about a person who gives tzedakah. He does share his money. He does give tzedakah. So how come the Mishnah describes him as saying Shali, sheli v'shalcha shalcha? That doesn't sound like a person who's giving." Says Rabbanayona, tremendous Khaddish. Says we're talking about somebody who gives. We're not talking about his maisim. We're talking about his attitude while he's giving. Even though he's giving, his attitude is, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't need to be doing this. He's miserly. He's stingy. Beteva, says Rabbi Yonah. And yet he's giving. So says Rabbi Yonah, therefore you have a fascinating Machlokas. The first opinion says, we go after what he's doing. We're not going to call him a tzaddik, but Lamaisa, he's doing it. He's giving the tzedakah. He gave the minimum amount to the shul membership drive. He's giving the minimum amount to the local tzedakah drive or to the school. He's a meet a We're not going to call him a tzaddik. He's not the most generous guy. He's not the most fun-loving guy when it comes to community things, but he's still giving. We only go by his actions. And the second opinion says, no. Because he's stingy in his heart, there's something corrupt, there's something rotten at the root. And I think this is a very, very fascinating machlokas. Everyone agrees, according to Yona, that it's critical that the person actually gave. We wouldn't call someone who gives a Russia the way we're going to call a person at the end of the mission a Russia. But here you have a question, to what extent do we look at a person's heart, and to what extent do we only look at a person's actions? According to the first opinion, we care a little bit about a person's motivations, but mainly about the actions. And this person gave, we're not going to pronounce such a negative judgment. But the second opinion, in a certain sense, it's like, you know, Rabbeinu Yonah was known as Rabbeinu Yonah HaChassid. He was a very pious person, a big Bal a big Tzaddik, Rabbeinu Yonah. So he really feels that the heart is very, very important. And if you're giving but you're resentful of it, you don't feel like you owe anybody, there's something rotten at the core said by Yonah. And I think what he's getting at is a tremendous philosophical point even, a point of hashkafa, which is whose money is it really? If you really feel ko'chiv otsam yadi, you know, all the money I have is cuz I'm so brilliant and I work so hard and I had all the best ideas and I did everything, it's more an e- it's much easier to say it's my money, why should I have to share it with somebody else? the more you can look at yourself and say, listen, yes, I did work hard. Yes, maybe I did have put in hishtadlus. But, HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed that hishtadlus. I would be nothing without HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The money I have is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the more you see it as a gift, the more you, not only are you willing to share, but your attitude about sharing is, you don't see it as mine, do I have to give away? Like, no one wants to give away something that's theirs. But the less you see it as exclusively yours, and the more you see it as, you know, on loan, right? There's a uh, very famous uh, media personality, right? He used to half-jokingly say about himself, right? Talent on loan from God. So, in essence, the hashkaf of the Torah is all of our money is on loan from God. Why do you think we have it? To do good things with that. If we have that attitude, then not only will we give, but we won't give with resentment. We'll be giving because we want to give, because we know that's why we have the money to begin with. So, Cesar Ben a person who gives... But he doesn't think he should. He's stingy by nature. That's, I think, a mivusas. That's predicated on feeling that the money is mine. Why should I give it away? There, says Rebani Okay, it's good that he gave. He's not a Russia. He did give. But there is something rotten at the core. It's simply not enough to just give. A person has to have the right perspective on, A, himself, vis-a-vis other people, and the right perspective on himself, vis-a-vis his own money. Is it really all because of me? Or did Hashem give me a gift? on loan, so to speak, from God, as the saying goes, to hopefully do good things with. Okay, so this was a little bit more in-depth. The rest of the Mishnah will go a little quicker, but this was the first part of the Mishnah, the first category of the four, where we had to go a little bit more in-depth because we saw a debate. That first case, someone who says, right, everything is mine is mine, what's yours is yours, and then we had a debate, is that person average, or is that person even worse than average, second case in the Mishnah, uh, pretty brief, uh, not too much to talk about, although, uh, I think brief, but still fascinating. And that is the next category of the mission is what's mine is yours. Shali shalcha, Vishacha Shali. Now, as I mentioned, the Mishnah there calls such a person what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine, right? A total, you know, mishmash, a total chulent, right? What's mine is mine, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. Everything is going back and forth. So, the mission referred to this as, as a person as an Haaretz. So some of the mafarshim understand this as basically a very good thing. That's basically referring to an attitude of, I'll help you whenever you need, and you'll help me whenever I need. What could be bad about that? There definitely are mafarshim who share that. But there are others, like the Bartanura and Urbanu Yona, who point out that although this is coming from a good place, there is a fundamental flaw, and this is really fascinating, especially for those of you who have any interest in either philosophy or at least economics, uh, and, the, and, and, the, and the philosophy of different economic approaches. Says the Barat and Yonah, really fascinating. And economy, a person who has this attitude, you can have my money, I'll take your money, it's all, it's all good, right? It's coming from a good place, and a sincere motivation of, and Rabbeinu Yonah says it, tikkun olam. Before that became popular, you know, in the 19th and 20th century, uh, in the non-Orthodox movements, tikkun olam. So Rabbeinu Yona and the Bharatanu already say it here. That's the second mita in the Mishnah. That second person is a person who's motivated by tikkun olam. And he, he understands that when it comes to tikkun olam, there's a certain benefit if people would just say, let's pool our resources, right? In essence, what they're saying is, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. There's no private ownership. Let's pool our resources. It's a kibbutz mentality. Again, I'm embellishing a little bit. I admit that. But I ain't shum. Look in the Bar tenura, You don't have to trust me. Look in the Bartonura, Look in the Bar yona. I'm embellishing, but only a little bit. It's basically what they say. It's basically a kibbutz mentality. And yes, in the, on some level, that would, A, it comes from a sincere good place. It's a generous place. But number two is, we could see a certain benefit from such a thing. One might think. But then they dropped the hammer, if you will. And anyone who knows what's happened to the kibbutz movement in the last few decades will not be surprised that the, the, both the Rishon and the, the benyona could have predicted this hundreds of years ago. Because they both say, even though it's coming from a good and sincere and altruistic place and motivation of Tikkun Olam, says the Yonah, says the Bartanura, quote, ain't bo chachma. It ain't gonna work. Ain't bo chachma. It's foolish. It's naive, that's how they understand the lotion of Amaretz. It's foolish and naive. It's shalom me'chachma. It's a mistake. Ein bo'chachma, me'chachma. Because number one, it's not healthy to live on the largesse of others. There is something healthy, again, not to be overly selfish, but there is something healthy about saying, I'm going to make my own way, and I'm going to take responsibility to earn my own livelihood. To totally rely on other people. Shali, shalcha, shalcha, shali. I can just take from you whenever I don't have. That is something that's problematic. But it's worse than that. It's also naive. It simply won't work. Says the Bartanura, says the shaharotza, shalaretz. And these people are motivated by good ideas, good thoughts, altruistic. bo chachma, They can't distinguish between what are the tikkun and haruuyin, which strategies will work and which won't. Just because a person is motivated by a good thing doesn't mean it's gonna work, right? You take a look. Unfortunately, you know, we know that uh, with very, very few exceptions, the whole kibbutz mentality, the whole socialist mentality, even if you assume it comes from a good place, but it just doesn't work. Even before the abuses and the corruption, you know, they don't discuss that. But those of us who've studied uh, politics or economics, uh, we know that, unfortunately, that happened in many, many societies. But uh, even without that, it comes from a good place. But nevertheless, again, putting on their uh, professor economics or political hat, or Benayona, and uh, the Bartanura basically say, listen, it may be motivated by tukun olam in a good thing, but nevertheless, it's a mistake. Ein bo chachma lahavdil betikunin haruyan. I think just so fascinating that you have these two great Rishonim already more or less, you know, hundreds of years before these things became really in vogue uh, in the Western or throughout the world. And we have seen, unfortunately, empirically, uh, even people who were naturally attracted to those uh, mentalities have seen that they've simply, uh, if you're honest about it, they simply have not worked anywhere. And that's exactly the Lushen of Urbana and the Bartunura. And that's how they understand this second category of a person. And that's why the Mishnah says he's an amoritz; He's not evil. He's not trying to be bad, but lemaisa it's foolish, it's naive, it's ignorant. Okay, the third category, the next thing says the Mishnah is a chassid, What's mine is yours. Shali shalcha, vishalcha shalcha. I'm willing to give you out of my pocket, and I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm just a giver, and I'm not a ta- taker at all. A mam is just one way. So that's a chassid, Says the Mishnah and the Bartanura and the Meiri explain. We're talking about a person who freely gives out of his own resources without any expectation to receive in return. mom is just a giver, not a taker. What bad could you say about such a person? What a wonderful, wonderful midah. Now, the Bartanur himself, as well as the Tfarish Yisrael, they point out that we're describing here, not someone that's a chiyuv. We're talking about people who are going above the letter of the law, in both directions. Lefnim Sadin, in both directions. That is to say, not always do I have to give. But this person has an open-door policy. And, Iker hadin, sometimes I'm allowed to ask for help. And this person still won't do that. Lifnim Mishur saidin, in both directions. And not surprisingly, the Rambam, in his commentary to the Mishnah, comments on this law shown Because the truth is, if you think about it, it sounds like this is not in keeping with the Rambam's famous adage of the golden mean, of the Shvilazov, where a person isn't supposed to be, you know, in, in any extreme. And in fact, the Rambam, in a very short Very short comment, but on our Mishnah, the Rambam clearly alludes to that. The Rambam basically says, yes, in hachinami. That's why the person is called a chassid. Now he adds, says the Rambam, I think this is key, the way the Rambam understands the Mishnah, the person is only veering from the golden mean, from the middle path, ktsat, a little bit. We're not talking about someone who gives away all of his money and goes to an extreme in either direction or is willing to die out of starvation because he's too proud to ask for help. We're talking about someone who veers a little bit in both directions more than what would be mi'ikar hadin required and says the Rambam, enechanami, that's not for everybody, but a person who could do it, that would make that person a chassid. Okay, and last but not least, the last part of the Mishnah, says the Mishnah in the final category, a person who says, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine also. Shali, shali, and no surprise at all, the Mishnah calls such a person a Russia. And unfortunately, in the in in world history, and sometimes even in current events. I hope we don't know people like this personally, but we certainly read about and we know of people like this, and some of us unfortunately know people like this personally. And this is Mamasha this is evil, which is exactly what the Mishnah calls it. The Mishnah is not afraid to use such a term. Such a person, Jewish or not, is evil. A person who says what's mine is mine, what's yours is mine, just a taker and not a giver, that is a certain level of rishos. And the Rambam, in his commentary here to the Mishnah, and the Eri echoes this, says part of the... Rishas here, part of the evil, is not just in the B'anam Lachaveiro, but it's also in the attitude towards money. Somebody who has this attitude, this, who says Shali Shali Shali, that is reflecting a certain approach to money, which is unhealthy, and if you, uh, if you could excuse the phrase, not tyridic. That's not supposed to be our approach to money. A person who has such an approach to money, again, it's not just a chisar, but on the chabero, which is, I would say, the main thing. You're selfish. But it's more than that. It's showing an unhealthy and inappropriate, maybe that's the best word, an inappropriate attachment to money, which is then leading him into inappropriate behavior. But only a person who's too, or too much uh, connected to money, would have such a thing. The Tiferes Yisrael says it's not just that it's a bad attitudinal uh thing, but we're worried that this could lead to worse things. Because such a person who has such an attachment and a need for money, so says that Tiferes Yisrael... Initially, maybe he's just attitudinally selfish. But push comes to shove. He's going to have a difficult uh, situation in business. He's going to be caught in a difficult situation in the community or who knows what. And the opportunity to prevent himself will present itself. And a person who has this attitude, no doubt, says it his Israel, if he has no choice, or at least he perceives that he has no choice, he will enrich himself, even if it comes at the expense of others. Even if he hasn't done it yet someone who has that attitude towards other people and that that attitude towards money, that person is already, he can easily predict he's going to get himself in trouble, he's going to do something else. And last but not least, the Magen Avos, the Rashbats here, commenting on the Mishnah says, first of all, he says, if you have that approach to money, which is that not only are you keeping everything of your own, but you want what everyone else has, the Shalcha Shali, so since first of all, you're already a violation of Losachmod, which is a very, very important point which is that very often people, you know, want to take other people's money, they demonize other people with who have money, it's already predicated on Los there's a certain level of jealousy of wanting what everybody else has. And then, says the Moggen again, really unbelievable, you know, chacham adif minavi, you could easily apply this, I won't, because I don't want to get political, but you could easily apply this to certain uh, political systems or economic uh, beliefs, says the Moganavos, once you violate Los it's an easy road to slide towards Los sigzal. Once you start getting jealous of what other people have, then you come up with all sorts of rationalizations to take away the money that other people have. And that's how it starts. Shali, shali, v'shalcha, shali. So even if I don't do anything that crosses the line, I'm already in violation of losach mode. And it's again greasing the wheels. When you have that kind of mentality, it's not a far stretch to think that the person will eventually stick his hand in other people's pocket to say low sigl. And therefore, we already call that person a Russia. So, just to re- conclude in to review in conclusion, this is a very very short, but I think a very fascinating Mishnah. Uh And again, we all know that money can make you know make people funny. Uh, and it's a tremendous test of a person's character and midos in general is to see specifically how they relate to money, and are they more selfish, are they more altruistic, are they more helpful, or are they more of a taker, or more of a giver, and the Mishnah, again, roughly speaking, obviously, human experience is much more complicated than four different categories, but very, very broadly speaking, the Mishnah does broadly sketch out four categories, and two extremes, the Russia and the Chassid, and then we have the two ones in the middle, which maybe were the most fascinating, the one that which had said and that was a machlokas. Is that person average or worse than average? And then we saw the second category, which was also fascinating, which was <clears throat> what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. No personal ownership, no private ownership, everything going back and forth. And that we saw was an amaretz. Again, it comes from a good place. But ultimately a naive place, as we've seen, again, to use one example, the kibbutz movement or other socialist economies, even before the corruption and the murder and the other things, which often in the modern era associated with those political systems. But just from a strictly economic perspective, they just don't work. They're not attuned to the real world, if you will, or human nature. And it's already presage predicted here. Uh, in the Mishnah. Okay, I want to wish everyone a shavuotov. Have a wonderful week. Yasher for listening. Amazingly, next week is already Parak Vav, so uh, the Sphera moves on, and we're getting closer and closer each week to Shavuos. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Have a wonderful week.